Howdy, y'all, and welcome to Liberty Libations number 64. I'm joined, I'm Jake Green, and I'm joined as always by Alden Hardy, Zane Placey, and Stephen Hilton. Y'all, cheers. Welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Thursday. Happy Leap Day, y'all. That's right. Um, so I, I, I looked it up, and the next time that this happens, the next time that we can do libations on a leap day. 28 years. In the, is in the year 2052. Yeah. <laughs> so we are uh, quite a ways away from doing it. If we are still doing this show on um, Thursdays, uh, on Thursdays when, <laughs> in 2052, that will be the biggest accomplishment, I think, of all of our lives. And that includes. No, I just want to reach episode 69. That's the biggest accomplishment we can do. Dude, we're so <laughs> We're so close. <laughs> We're so I want to get there while still being able to be heard on YouTube. <laughs> Don't shut us down before that. Fair enough. Um, y'all, last week we announced our sponsor. This week, their official sponsor of the podcast, Woo. Rabbit Eye Wine. If you are looking for some freaking delicious blueberry wine here in the, that's produced here in the state of Georgia, look no further than Rabbit Eye Wine down in what, what town are they in? Do we know? I can't Bristol. Remember. Bristol. I think that yeah southeast georgia um yeah y'all we're our our case is currently en route we will be getting our um rabbit eye wine here in a little while and uh we'll be toasting with it you know as much as is humanly possible but you can't keep a bottle of wine open for weeks at a time so <laughs> um did you see yeah. the um the arrested development where uh the mom like tricks the daughter into thinking that it's vodka that you have to drink within a yeah. couple of days. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> vodka goes bad if you don't, if you leave it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's everybody drinking tonight? Modelo and a cotter. Okay. Sorry, Steven. That's all right. Well, I've got, I've got a beer, but I already put it into a glass. <laughs> and it's been so long that I've forgotten what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got beer in glass. Got it. I'm drinking my new favorite. Oh, camera awareness here. Uh, drinking my new favorite brewery here in Sonoya, Pearl and Pine. Pearl and Pine. Great bottle. Yeah. Or great can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brian says whiskey goes bad, which I, I can testify to that. I had to drink this entire bottle tonight. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have um, heard that it can evaporate and it'll change the flavor, you know, but I don't know if it goes oh, bad. Interesting. I did have a uh, new drink that I've never had before today, which was a espresso old fashioned. Oh, nice. it was delightful. Chocolate bitters mm -hmm. with bourbon and and a shot of espresso. It, I have a wow. espresso liqueur well, I know. and I have chocolate bitters, so I can actually make this. Yeah, I know what drink I'm having next week. Yeah. <laughs> Is it better than the maple one that you made me? Because that was fantastic. Wait a second. Wait a second. Grumpy says Twitter banned Grumpy Gnome. No. Grumpy's, Grumpy says Grumpy's Grumpy, banned? Grumpy says Grumpy's banned. Grumpy, is this true? You got banned from Twitter? Wow. Did you make a call for violence, Grumpy? What did you do? Because <laughs> like there aren't many things these days that can get you banned. But that Did you tell Don Lemon to learn to code? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he says yep <laughs> not sure which one that's you, but uh yeah it's one of those <laughs> yeah um y'all yeah 2052 is the next time we can do this on a leap day 
I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that we get to that. I'm hoping that we get enough, um, enough people watching this show that we can be doing this for the next 30 freaking years. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't even, that'd be, wild. be our retirement party at that point. Yes. Brian yeah. says light and oxygen gets into it. Once a bottle of whiskey gets to like a third or so, you should finish within the next couple months. Huh? I mean, I have not had an issue with that anyway, but that's good to <laughs> well, know. It'll yeah. start giving off, uh, you know, like tannins and esters and you'll get some off flavors. I mean, it'll still be whiskey at the end of the day, but it's not going to be the same as it was when you first opened the bottle. So you could, it's basically like having two different bottles of whiskey. Ah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> for the price of one. I love it. Um, Grumpy says he taunted a shit lib. Great. <laughs> You're doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking if of taunting, um, oh, one of our uh, primary topics for today is a shift in the Senate. Um, and if you saw in the intro, it's uh, Turtle Twat is resigning. Um, so we'll, we'll watch a little bit of that real quick. Leadership is essential to preserving the shining city on a hill that Ronald Reagan discussed. Gosh, what a turd. As long as I'm drawing breath on this earth, I will defend American exceptionalism. By selling cocaine. Thank you. <laughs> when I would deliver some news to the Senate, I always imagined a moment when I had total clarity. Is there anybody more... Depressing the than Mitch McConnell. Of my work. Just listen to him speak. A moment when I'm certain. It's pretty bad. I have helped preserve the ideals. I don't think he's had clarity in quite a while. Believe. <laughs> that day arrived today. That, that day arrived. My goals when I was parted. nearly elected to the Senate back in 1984 were fairly modest. 1984. Years ago. I can't. I can't listen to that anymore. Yeah, Forty no. years ago, like you know, if this were General Electric or the railroad, they would have already given him a gold Rolex and shoved him out the door <laughs> twice. Dude, mm. it's wild. He's been in the Daggum Senate for forty years, longer than I've been alive. Yeah, that. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, it, it's it's almost as bad as uh, this take. Um, from Joy Reid, which we're going to watch right now. It is arguable, and in fact, I will argue that there is no more consequential figure in Republican politics in the modern era than Kentucky's senior senator, Addison Mitchell McConnell, better known as Mitch, even better known as the longest-serving Republican leader in the minority or in the majority in U.S. history, and also the man who, more than anyone else, broke the United States Senate. What? Now that he's burnt the house down, today he announced his work is done. He burnt the he house He is stepping down, down. down as the Senate Republican leader in November. But the fact remains, no individual has done more damage to the Senate than fact, Mitch McConnell. No single remains. individual has inflicted more harm on the reputation of the Senate than Mitch McConnell. And no you realize you had a KKK Grand Dragon, Dragon and Strong Thurmond in the Senate? Has wielded power <laughs> in a way that is more destructive to the American people or more shameful than Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Mitch McConnell could well be called the Newt Gingrich of the Senate in that he broke the Senate in the same way Gingrich broke the House I mean, during the Clinton era. Twisting right. Gingrich wow. broke the House? Those highlights have gone to her brain. Yes. I've never seen anybody get more angry at a Koopa Troopa. 
<laughs> I've never seen somebody use so many hyperboles as facts. Call them facts. <laughs> yeah. On the news. Yeah. It like right in a row. Every like every single thing she said yeah. was some some type of hyperbolic speak that or she some, was saying was a yeah. fact. <laughs> some qualitative item or like shameful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So the then, only fact like it, there. Oh, it's, if you really, if you really thought that the Senate was some shining beacon of decency and morality in 1983, then you need the go class. <laughs> Can you enlighten us on some of uh, the immorality in 1983, Zane? Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> no, I mean it. It is absolutely ridiculous. Her her stance on this whole thing. I mean, half of what she's saying is somewhat true. It's true in that he's been in there way too long, and he's done way too many things to screw over normal Americans. Um, he has not represented Kentucky in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, he's been doing it for over forty years. It's wild. I mean, at least over in the House, you got John Boner that, you know, took his pink tie and cried off into the sunset well before 40 years. Mm. Yeah. It's just, I mean, even making a career out of it, 20 years is a career. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because people have been caned in the U.S. Senate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we have an episode where we talked a lot about that, about like all the actual fist fights in the Senate mm. from back in like the 1800s. Yeah. yeah, I think we had like half a half an episode of this show where we talked about that and showed uh, showed some um, articles that were written about it. That's which is why if you say definitively that factually someone is like the worst figure in the history, you know, of the Senate or whatever, like it's just a weird thing to say. Yeah, because it's like, how do you prove that anyway? Whatever. Yeah, it's almost like saying Alden is the worst panelist in the history of liberty libations it's almost like that. i'm pretty sure that's true okay i mean i would agree with it but i wouldn't put it down as fact like <laughs> okay cool oh, it's unequivocal. even though i agree with it yeah. all right so a lot of there's everybody has been making a big deal out of mitch mcconnell retiring after in november or whatever so the question is will this actually impact anything whatsoever because i've seen a lot of republicans who aren't on the Mitch McConnell leaning side of things celebrating as if this is going to change things for the Republicans. What, what do we think is going to happen there? I will predict more of the same. Uh, they're probably going to put somebody a little younger in there and um, it might actually get worse. Hard not this, to do. this new guy, if he's any younger, he's going to have enough vigor to actually do something. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. On top of that. Yeah. yeah. And ac actually, I mean, what is worse for the American people? What Mitch McConnell has always been the best at is being an operator. Like, he was good at, you know, greasing the right wheels to get stuff through. And I dare say that there were probably one or two things that he managed to get through that we might actually like. But he also got through a lot of the swamp bills. And so. With him gone, maybe they'll just somebody else will step up as the new operator. You know, new operator, same as the old operator. Uh, <laughs> so, the, I mean, the question is, was he an operator? Because when he 
would corner people and speak to them and try to convince them of something, he would just immediately put them to sleep and then they wouldn't know what they agreed to. That's the only way that I can see him. Either that or he's like a henchman who just has people murdered left and right. He's like Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Um, that, I was going to bring up Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It's one of those two things. Either he bored people half to death where they're just like, please let me go and I'll agree to whatever you want. Or everyone in Washington knew that he murders people on the side just for fun. Right. Yeah. I don't, uh, there's no middle ground. You, you can't tell me that that guy has a massively high IQ or is doing anything that is valuable to anyone outside of the Senate or outside of Washington, D.C. I mean, what, yeah. what, what has he done for us? Like, it's crazy. He strikes me as one of those like really typical, just like, career politician party people and there's a there are a dime a dozen and someone's gonna basically fill the slot because there's always someone willing to do that kind of work yeah 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 i mean he was more than happy to preside over <laughs> more you know decades of completely unchecked growth in government and it, he you know could have used his position to actually make people vote on budgets instead of just passing can continuing resolution after continuing resolution you know, yes. he could have actually tried to oppose the empire and return us to a republic. You know, there are all these things that he could have done with his position. And instead, he was perfectly happy to not do anything hard and take the easy, you know, do what was easy, which is just let, you know, the, just the, have us maintain the course that we were in, which has correct brought us to where we are today. Yeah, the collision course. Hundred percent agree. Like he he is a Republican, conservative. Mm -hmm. What what on earth did he conserve? What was what was America <laughs> like forty years ago? Because he conserved none of it. It is <laughs> so. It is completely and drastically different today than it was forty years ago when he took office and. He calls himself a conservative and he conserved Jack squat. Um, yeah. Now I don't know why people are celebrating. I don't know why people are honoring him in any way. He's, he's done nothing for anybody that of any importance. And it drives me nuts when we honor these people who have just leached done off the system. For themselves. I remember, uh, you know, back in the day, Bill O'Reilly, uh, you know, when Ron Paul was running for president last go around, Bill O'Reilly was just ripping him. He's like, this guy's been in the Congress for how long? And he's only introduced seven bills and he's only gotten four passed. I'm like, first of all, that's a great batting average. And, uh, <laughs> you know, second of all, that's what I expect. Uh, you know, we should self-govern as much as possible. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if it takes 537 people up there 2,000 miles away from me to tell me what to do with my daily life, I'm not really a functioning adult. Yeah. This is like the Ron Swanson approach. Yeah. And so now, like, you know, Mitch McConnell's, you know, storied history and politics. Like, yeah, how many bills did he introduce? How many bills did he get passed? How many continuing resolutions did he pass? And then you, you look at all those things and none of them moved the needle for freedom. Yep. 100 percent. Dude, it, it is wild. I was on a I was on a podcast this week. I think it comes out. I don't know when it comes out, but it's called Conversely. I mean, this guy basically gets three people in a, in a room and talks to them or ask them questions and they try not to kill each other. It's uh, basically supposed to have, you're supposed to have civil conversations and generally he does it about non hot button issues, but this time he did it about politics. Um, 
which was I just let the other two talk for the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the podcast. And then during that time, they were raving about trying to get like about the virtues of bipartisanship and how it only does good for the American people. <laughs> <laughs> and the Christian conservative said that he is not so sure there shouldn't be a license for being able to say whatever you want. He doesn't, wow. he didn't believe in freedom of speech. <laughs> wow. It's, it sounds like one of those, um, I, I call them evangelicals. You know, there's no concern with what people have in their pants or what they're doing in their bedroom. You know, like it's, oh, it's their religious duty to police that stuff. And that's not what the Bible says. Dude, uh, it was it was wild. I couldn't believe the stuff that was coming out of his mouth, calling himself a Christian. for. He's like, I, I converted to Christianity in, in, when I was 29 years old. And this dude's like 60 now. It was a 60-year-old and like a 55-year-old I was debating. And uh, it, it's going to be a good episode. I would highly advise going to watch that episode <clears throat> conversely when it comes out. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, just, but the, the main thing that I was trying to mention was the fact that they were both actively advocating and like in the system trying to advocate for bipartisanship and Republicans and Democrats coming together to agree on things to get more bills passed. And it was, it took like every fiber of my being to not just scream at them for, for the full two hours of the podcast. Historically, if you use the metric of the stock market as an indicator of we're doing well, when there's opposite parties in the White House and the Congress, mm -hmm. we tend to do better. Yeah. You know, the money is flowing, you know, when, when there's, you know, resistance, you know, stonewalling, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever they want to say is, you know, they're just dragging everything down. They're just trying to anchor down our policies and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, good. Because in the meantime, you guys get to fight and I get to go to work. Yes. Yeah. So the, the I, more, the yeah, more that, gridlock there is in Washington, the more stable our country is. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause whatever happens when there's bipartisanship, I'm not sure if this is still how it is today, but for, you know, many decades, there was kind of an implicit agreement between the, the Republicans and Democrats whenever they were working on spending bills <laughs> that if if the Democrats wanted, you know, more money for domestic spending, then the Republicans had to get more money for, you know, military <laughs> spending or vice versa. So it's like you get double as much spending and both of it is on dumb stuff. It's like two kids. <laughs> so, like so it's, actually, parent... it's actually twice as bad as if there hadn't been bipartisanship. Exactly. If the parent gives one kid a video game, then now the other kid's got to get something. You know, they're asking for some fifty dollars right. thing. It's the same kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, you can't 100%. just give one. Yeah. Buddy says he's not a functioning adult, and we already all knew that. Um, when you comment <laughs> on here, it's 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 very obvious. If you ask CNN, that they would say that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Fact check true. <laughs> fact check yeah. True. Buddy actually broke adulthood. No <laughs> one's been worse of an adult. I love Grumpy Gnome's <laughs> comment. So, so are we the Rabbitarian Caucus now? <laughs> Rabbitarian, yeah. <laughs> hey, if we can I'm multiply down. like one, that'd be great. I'm down to create the Rabbitarian Caucus, and all we drink is rabbit eye wine. I'm, I'm completely on board with this. All um, right. If you can make that happen, Grumpy, um, draw us up. Give us a uh, something that looks like that 
but uh, oh yeah, I I, I, quite their logo. I know I haven't moved it yet. I'm gonna move it up to to like right here. So that, yeah, you should. So it's on there the whole time. Um, maybe the... just the face, just staring at us the entire time. Perfect. Um, <laughs> on the bipartisan thing too, like yeah, I some of the things. It, it usually scares me when there's you know agreement on both sides and mm -hmm. we're moving you unanimously toward a direction like i, I get uneasy when we agree on a thing yeah. and go toward it i don't know oh, the patriot act all yeah, that's, that's what i was thinking that's that's literally I all i think about all the time is yeah when somebody talks about bipartisanship like yeah. the, the worst piece of legislation ever was passed ever. during the bipartisan <laughs> All the worst pieces of legislation always pass by the hugest margins. Yeah. You know, it's a, and... This is how democracy dies, with sundress applause. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I like Brian's idea. Petition for a rabbit eye brandy. Okay. Ooh. Okay. That's I mean, a good they, idea. You know, they, they own a blueberry farm, so, uh, you know, I don't know how, how likely it is for them. Or to like a blueberry brandy. mead. Ooh. Yeah. Or to do yes. it for like, a, like a blueberry wheat ale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alden, Alden's not on board with that whatsoever. Yeah. I'll take it or leave it. Or we do like a like a chocolate stout with like cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and blueberries. percent Yes. I always get stout. Yeah. I always get sorely disappointed when I have chocolate stout because what I really want out of a chocolate stout is for it to be chocolate milk. <laughs> Speaking of not being an adult, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, are we done with McConnell? Is it can the whole world be done with McConnell? Are we done? Yes, with him? please. Yeah? yeah. Awesome. All right. Next topic. Justin Amash announced his decision to run um, for Senate in Michigan. His platform is the following. Follow the Constitution, read the bills, stop governing by emergency, end the forever war, cut taxes and spending, stop borrowing trillions, no CBDC, protect free speech, repeal the Patriot Act and FISA 702, no qualified immunity for government officials, and end civil asset forfeiture. It's a good list. Um, it's a great list. The biggest issue with this that I have... Um, or the biggest issue that most libertarians are going to have is that he's running as a Republican. Mm. Eh. Well, he's got a hold of Phil, you know. Why is he having to petition then? Interesting. Is he? Well, in the in the post that was shared in our chat today, that um, that was one of the things he was calling for his supporters to sign his petition. So what? Interesting. I didn't uh, I didn't notice that. Why uh, Why would he have to petition if he's running as a Republican? Right. So. Is he running as a Republican? Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean the, I'm I'm almost certain he is because many many people are commenting on it, including Libertarian in Chief. He says, "I love Justin Amash. I don't see why he is entering the GOP Michigan Senate race. He has zero chance of winning the primary. If he ran as a Libertarian, he would instantly get to compete in the general and likely would get into the debates. This just doesn't make any sense." Um, I don't know if I care if he what he runs as as long as you know it's like a libertarian in wolf's clothing. Like I don't care. Like yeah, so there are people who make that argument. There are people who make the argument of libertarians should infiltrate the Republican Party and yeah, and ride and then get, within. 
by um, principle get the momentum going and then eventually on the surface you could run so so more. yeah so the issue with that is that so shane hazel ran for congress um before he ran for senate and before he ran for governor and he did it as a mm -hmm. republican mm -hmm. every okay. single step of his campaign was controlled by the gop so mm. he couldn't do anything if he stepped out of line they would have shut it down and they would have gotten somebody else and so so you have to get all the way in and then revert back to your libertarian well, principle. well yeah i mean the issue is you have to compromise mm. exact like everything that you stand for in order to run as a gop candidate so like oh, yeah. and you can't mm. you you can't get away with being a principled like candidate it's crazy Hey, Mary, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the newest member of the Libertarian Party. Muted, <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah, sorry, I did, I did mute. I wasn't sure what was going to happen when the door opened. <laughs> that's all right, that's all right. We love a good interruption. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hannah, Hannah Walsh just joined. Hannah Walsh Green, what up, what up? Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my biggest... My biggest problem is that you you can't run a GOP campaign as a libertarian and maintain your principles 100%. You can't even maintain your principles like 50%, in my opinion. Um, but, you, have, but, you have to compromise every step of the way. But what does the most good, ultimately, if someone, because I don't know if I'd be willing to run that way, yeah. but if someone is willing to run that way and they're able to kind of start to kind of like merge or shift or like appeal to like another audience, like a conservative audience, yeah. and then maybe make that societal shift. Maybe that opens up the path later for people that they, maybe they don't have to do that and, and run that way. Maybe they can run openly as libertarian and garner more appeal from people because someone has already done that kind of segue role. Yeah. It's a theory. I, I don't know. I, I'm asking kind of like what you think. But. I, I get that. I get that argument. Um, my, my worry always is if the libertarian who's infiltrating the GOP, um, starts compromising their ideals and actually gets elected, mm -hmm. what are they going to do once this is like, they live long enough to see themselves become the villain. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. We always bring it back to Batman, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it makes me extremely nervous. I don't think it's a particularly a good strategy who's the who's the guy who's always advocating for this uh eric brakey well him no uh that's not how i'm thinking of. it's like bishop uh, so bishop so bishop yes uh, i was gonna say commissioner gordon i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> he's obsessed with going this route he thinks libertarian party is a complete waste of time the loser um, party <laughs> the loser party according to toad yeah um, Brian says, ironically, the Republican Party in Georgia is basically getting rendered obsolete by leadership committees. I, See, I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. Uh, I'll That's tell you what that means. Pick up the phone and try to call Senator Marty Harbin. Okay. Uh -huh. And uh, see if he see if you can get him on the phone. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, we we got an election coming up. I don't know if he's up for re-election this time around, uh, but when he's up for re-election, you'll see him around town for like the three months leading up to the election. Then after that, he's just a fart in the wind. <laughs> um, Brian says about Amash, um, there could be some petition to run in the primary. Interesting. Okay. Mm. I don't know. If you're um, changing 
Matthew Matante says, if not Justin Amash, then RFK Jr. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that. No. No. Yeah. The do no. not want. <laughs> do not. Do not want. No. Um, Similarly, I like what RFK Jr. is doing as a segue on the left. You know what I mean? Like appealing to maybe some people on the left and like hopefully starting a little bit of a like a cultural oh, yeah. shift. And there. I I think that that's an important point because we should be okay with having RFK Jr. just be the best Democrat. Yes. He's not a libertarian. No. And to promote him as a libertarian would be a very big issue on a lot of of, of issues that are very important to libertarians. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I I guess the reason why I think it's important for, to have the Libertarian Party around is for our philosophy is just so much different than the Republicans that we need to have a home that we can be promoting our ideas, not being hemmed in all the time. Yeah. But I'm also not going to tell somebody if they feel like in their specific circumstance if they feel like they can do more good running as a republican i have no idea what their scenario is so go for it do whatever you think is going to work but i think that you know as jake said there are downsides to to trying to be an operator in the republican party because yeah. you know maybe you can campaign on a pretty good message but there are a lot of there are a lot of republicans that still you know, have have big ideological problems, whether it's still being addicted to the forever war or if Cocaine. it's you know, <laughs> if it if it's extreme protectionism. So it's not like we can just waltz into the Republican Party and just have everybody agree with us on everything. Correct. I but think that Republican... I, I think that it's I think that it's helpful for us to kind of have our own thing where we can go around and kind of convince them of of our beliefs and me because i think that we can still exert an influence on republicans even if we're not in the party i think that we can just be outside throwing bombs at them and then maybe can picking some of them off or at least changing some of their mind without having to just compromise on everything that's important I, I, I like your metaphor of, of shooting them and throwing bombs at them. Yeah, I, I, we're against the forever war, but we're going to use all war metaphors for this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Somebody's from Northern I'm in, Ireland. I'm in favor of forever wars against uh, corrupt political parties. So the, the concept of like the libertarians, you know, throwing bombs at the Republicans, according to Zane, but like lobbing ideas, you know, over the wall and trying to like convince someone that you know there's merit there that's like an outside in method and i think that that can work in complement to like the inside out method of getting like either a libertarian even a libertarian sympathizer for fuck's sake at this point but like someone who is a libertarian at their core running as a republican i would take that over a classic republican or a classic you know conservative at this oh point. yeah you know like I you're, think like you're um you know, your country club Mitt Romney types. Yeah, yeah. Versus a Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah. I'll, right. I'll take Rand Paul every day. And, right. And that strategy does work, at least sometimes, like with the Free State Project in New Hampshire. They've got like 20 representatives out of the, the New Hampshire House of Representatives. It's huge. It's like 400 people. But yeah. they've got like 20 representatives that are, you know, 
part of the free state project so that they're very philosophically libertarian but they all ran and won as republicans because they can actually win as republicans right. but they always lose when they run as libertarians if that's the scenario and you can actually win and you aren't going to be forced to to compromise your message then just i just want people to do whatever is going to accomplish something yeah, yeah yes. i think that in uh, here, a lot here, of cases yeah. that that that's running as a libertarian but in other cases it could not be doing that yeah, yeah. and what, what, brian, what brian said in his comment earlier bringing up the the tea party looking what happened with the tea party on the republican side you know it was a lot of energy but it ended up all getting gobbled up by energy goblin mitch mcconnell <laughs> there you go. well i thought yeah. i thought turd blossom led them astray um carl rove because uh, you know he was the one he was the one that kind of co-opted it. He split he split the Tea Party up in like two or three different factions and then yeah. just totally alienated them from all their local bases. Mm. I'm, I'm interested in discussing... What was the other comment that you... Yeah, I'm interested in discussing this one. Um, Matthew says, but when will winnability become a priority for libertarians? The Mises Caucus seems to counter this. Well, the Libertarian Party has never in its 50-year history done any winning, so I'm not sure that that's really changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. We had Gary Johnson for a governor, right? Yeah. Matthew also said uh, Gary Johnson wasn't a perfect candidate, but he and Weld gained notoriety and a record-breaking 3% of the popular vote. You're you're correct. So, Without even notoriety, it ended up... <laughs> it, was a, a, it was a very good result at the time, but if you looked at like long-term impact for like party membership or how many people actually like became libertarians and adopted our philosophy for the long term it really wasn't very much because it was just a bunch of people that weren't really can weren't really strongly convinced by gary johnson so much as they thought that he was a nice guy and didn't like trump or clinton like we in 2016 we had two candidates that were historically unpopular i think that if we had somebody that maybe was running an even more exciting and principled campaign than gary and let me just say i really like gary johnson i think that he's a good guy he was actually the guy that introduced me to libertarianism because oh, okay. i was too i was too young when ron paul was running so 2016 mm. was the first presidential election I was paying attention to and I was a big Gary Johnson supporter so I think that he is a good guy but I'm just saying I could imagine a different libertarian <laughs> candidate having gotten more than three percent in an election with two such historically unpopular candidates yeah. not not no, only I that, agree with that. but he he they chose a running mate that true libertarians hate Oh, he was a Bill Weld, Bill Weld famous uh, Raytheon lobbyist, by the way. <laughs> yes, like you, you, you can't you can't split the Libertarian Party with your VP nomination and expect to get support like nationally and of Libertarians. It's crazy. Um, like no, no. Do you think that really no, affected it that much? Or? Yes. Yeah. Really? No, yeah. They could have used Bob Barr as a VP. So hated Alden. Bill Weld was so hated by the, by the LP. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying it, it didn't detour my vote at the time and, and it well, wasn't yeah, enough there, but you're right. It may not have, have, <clears throat> have done that to, yeah, that actually may be a good point. We may have gotten more votes than we should have since we did nominate Bill Weld. Ah, <laughs> I just hate, wonder, I hate that. <laughs> I wonder if you piss off a, a handful of libertarians versus if you appeal to someone else, like I, I just wonder what the numbers are. I don't know. I, you know, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, 
Hannah brings something up that I actually didn't even consider for the show because uh, I pushed it out of my brain because it was depressing. Um, big Georgia story this week. Are you guys going to discuss the Lakin Riley murder? I don't know about it. Um, she was murdered by an illegal immigrant here in Athens, Georgia. Oh. Um, and the Athens, was it mayor? I think the mayor said um, her murder had nothing to do with illegal immigration. Um, well, <laughs> is that a fact? It at least had a little bit to do with that. It's a, yeah. fact, it's a fact in the same way that Mitch McConnell is the worst thing to ever happen to the Senate. You know, it's if, that kind of fact. If shootings have to do with guns, then getting murdered by an illegal immigrant must have something to do with illegal immigration on this by the same logic but yeah i wasn't i wasn't planning on chatting about mm -hmm. this but if, if y'all want to <clears throat> well i don't know about a moment it. like i don't know any of the details i didn't do any research on it i just know a few of the clips that i've seen going around steven i just know lots I, i've seen some clips and uh, you know some of these local community discussion groups that i'm in on social media you know around fayette county and sonoya and Coweta county and yeah. stuff like that you know they're uh, you know, uh, sanctuary city shouldn't be allowed. And it's, it's the good old boy GOP guys, you know, that are just like, yeah. you know, uh, we need to tar and feather these politicians that don't want to make a place a sanctuary city and all that. And they're going to the other extreme. You know, they want, they want a national digital ID, even for, even for the illegals, you know, something like what Bill Gates is pushing over in India right now, or excuse me, India rolled it out. And now mm -hmm. Bill Gates is over there applauding it, giving it more money. <laughs> of course. Um, I mean, that's really what they want. It's like, I mean, yeah. are you that pissed off that someone crossed the border for an opportunity that you want to microchip everybody now, dude? Like, yeah, you know, let's pay attention to your core principles here. That's and that's not the next small of her murder either. You know, like the guy that murdered her obviously shouldn't have been here. And, you know, so often is the case that these people are repeat offenders. Mm -hmm. And it's not and it's not just for selling dime bags on the corner. It's for breaking and entering, raping you know, assault and battery, aggravated assault, attempted manslaughter, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's the violent folks coming over. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, if they had this long arrest record and they've been arrested, you know, four or five times in the last few years, I'm not saying that's what happened to this guy in Athens. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you, you hear about this a lot, especially over in like Texas and Arizona, places like that. You know, these guys have... <clears throat> four or five aggravated felony aggravated assault charges in the last two years and they're free on the street. Yeah. Do we know the context of this at all? Like, cause I, you know, I, this is why oh. I want to be careful about talking about things. Yeah. So Hannah's Han, Han saying a bunch of things. She says, first of all, the mayor's press conference was a disgrace. No matter what you think about Ill illegal immigration, he blamed the guy mm -hmm. who hasn't been president for three years. Trump caused that guy to murder her. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's he sound, says, all you had to yeah. say is it's terrible and he should be brought to justice. Not that hard. Boom. Uh, Hannah says he was let go in New York for child endangerment. Um, so just some context. Well, he, is the he is the mayor of Athens Clark County, so you can't have overly high standards for him. Um, I was talking, I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Sue Haas about this, uh, <laughs> given that he's still a student there. And I've of, of course graduated from there. I've, you know, been on the trail where this murder happened. So, obviously not to make this story about me because that would be really stupid but it's like <laughs> i guess i know a little bit more about this story than than you guys do given that i still have people i know who who go there mm -hmm. and he was telling you suhas was telling me that he was hearing some people say that 
this was going to make Georgia vote for Trump in November. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the, the election is still nine months away. Nobody is going to remember. This is not going to still be a live issue. Like, if this happened the week before the election, I could see this having an influence on it. But I mm -hmm. feel like that it's so remote that it's just going to be one of yeah. 5,000 stories that happened between now and then. I don't think it's going to make that much of an impact. Yeah, sometimes well, as Monica Perez covered it earlier today. That's good to know. Go. Um, if you, if you want to know more about it, definitely go watch Monica Perez's show because she she goes into it. And, and here's something I, I don't want to happen as a knee-jerk reaction to this that happens way too often. And Monica Perez is great about calling this out, too. Um, you know, some tragedy happens like this, you know, mm -hmm. God rest Lake and Riley's soul. Uh, but there's probably going to be some legislation next session in 2025 with her name on it. That's going to be some of the most God awful freedom grabbing garbage you've ever read. And they're going to try to play on, you know, your heartstrings and how much of a tragedy it is to just go over the top and seize some freedoms. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Georgia GOP is, uh, you know, they're praising some bill that just gotten passed um, talking about bus stops. Uh, you know, they're really cracking down on people that pass the school buses in the morning. Uh, you know, the first fine is going to be a thousand dollars and then it's going to be like an aggravated misdemeanor charge or something like that. And then it'll be attempted murder. And it's all for some girl that got ran over, you know, crossing a divided intersection on a busy highway. Uh, you know, some freak isolated case. And now everyone is going to read divided the intersection. You don't even need to stop on the other side. Mm. I don't think. What, you know, mm. I, I don't know enough about the case. It's just yeah. they're showing this little girl's picture that got run over going to the bus stop, mm -hmm. which is a terrible accident. Yep. Uh, but but I see the, resu the result of that is okay. So this is sad. Now we all have to give the government more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like that's not an appropriate response. And then not only that, but like some of these deaths, especially like for gun grabbing stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if there if there's some kind of shooting somewhere. They're going to try to do some kind of crack, sweeping crackdown on firearms in the name of that person, of one of the victims. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, did we have a trial first? You know, why are we just blaming the guns for this? You know, because Monica Perez was big on that. Like, if it's going to inspire legislation that affects literally everybody in the state, yeah. um, we should have a trial for the death or the murder or whatever it is that you're telling us is so important that we have to change our entire lives because of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. By the way, can I just go on record and say... That if somehow I ever end up the victim of a mass shooting, please do not allow my name to be used to promote gun control legislation. I, I've told my wife that like 10 times. 100%. Yeah. Like if I get gunned down in the streets, that is not a reason for you to start promoting gun control. Yeah, and go. if I'm shot in the head in my apartment, it wasn't me. <laughs> Just um, Hannah says, agree with Stephen, but no one's doing anything is the problem. The border bill that just passed only allows them to turn people after the 5,000th illegal crossing in a day. Oh my yeah, God. exactly. <laughs> but, uh, and and, and Hannah, okay. Hannah, told, Hannah told her husband last week the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, here, here's something to look at, too. Let's give credit where it's due. Yeah. Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill. Okay. He was one that, uh, you know, of course, he's caught up in all his own shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> but he was he was tough on immigration. I mean, he really like he pissed DHS off. Federal DHS was trying to stop him from shipping illegals out of his jails. And he was like, screw you. They don't belong here. Do your job. Yeah. I'll drop them off at your facility. Here you go. 
Perfect. Yeah. He's right. like, they're not going, they're not going yeah. to my jail. He's like, my jail is for residents of Clayton County only. There we go. Um, <laughs> quick thing. I think we can settle this in about two seconds. Matthew says, so none of us are voting for Biden or Trump, obviously, but would y'all prefer former years of Trump or Biden? Trump. Anybody? Well, yeah, Trump, 100%. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I even think that. Well, and I said this Trump. with Trump's you know, first campaign was my biggest problems with his platforms or the crap that just rolls out of his mouth about like, we should do this, we should do that. My biggest problem with that is like, that's not in his authority to do anyways. You know, he... he uh oh. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. the, I, I guess Stephen well, Stephen died. Um Tiff, oh god, he got gunned down. <laughs> um, Tiff, um we're just, we're just gonna remove to Stephen for a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll let him all right. We'll turn uh, him off and back on again, you know. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Sub zero frozen. <laughs> 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 Brian says giant meteor twenty twenty four. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to wait till Stephen actually comes back before we go to the next segment. No, I, mm. I, I don't want a giant meteor. I only want a meteor that's just big enough so that it only takes out DC and nothing else. Okay, I'm down <laughs> with that. So Hammond like says maybe Biden because Republicans might actually have the will to stand up to Biden once in a blue moon. Eh, maybe. Uh. I've, I I don't know how I feel about it. I don't like either of them, to be honest. But I, we got our first compliment in like 64 episodes. Oh man, <laughs> thanks, Matthew. <laughs> I forgot what that was like. What, is what are these positive words? I don't recognize these. Uh, let's see. Ga Mises posted the rabbit caucus logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. I gotta go see. If you actually uh, are telling the truth. Oh with, my god. Um, with Biden, you know what you get. Cookie cutter, puppet level, you know what's happening. At least with Trump, it's like a dice roll. Like, you have no idea. And there's a chance that it might not be bad that day, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Because I know I've podcasts before. But for as much as we criticize Trump for saying a bunch of stuff, but then not following through on anything that actually matters, mm -hmm. the, the, the proof that he actually is an outsider at least to some extent, is that the rest of the political establishment clearly thinks that he is, or else mm -hmm. they wouldn't have been bent, bending over backwards for the past three years trying to kick him off the ballot and throw him in jail. So clearly the 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 um, uh, the the powers that be consider him to be a threat to them. Yeah, even if, if by our standards, you know, he didn't end the wars. He printed a bunch of money. He declared the state of emergency that allowed all the governors to lock down during COVID, blah, blah, blah. I could sit here for five hours talking about all the things that Trump failed to accomplish. But you know, the one thing that I, I have to give him credit for is that he is a serious threat to them in their own judgment. Yes. They're at least acting that way. Yeah. So Steve, I don't know what to make of it. Internet went out, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's getting attacked. He's under siege. Someone cut the hard lines. Yeah, no, I think we're under attack. I think that's exactly what it is. We're stating too many true and um, and too many actual facts. Yeah, too many actual facts. Um, we we weren't stating fake facts um, like Joy Reid was. 
Um, I had something else pulled up and uh, I started looking at something else. All right. We're going to move Stop on. Stop looking at porn, Jake. That's, that's my bad. I can't, you know. It's an addiction. You can't help it, you know. You need to go to meetings. Wicked Kender says, I'll wait to see who steps up on the Libertarian ticket. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I have a question to that. Okay, go. And this is not like, a, I don't have a decided answer. It's a true question of like, um, for Libertarians, does it matter who's on the ticket? Like, do, do most Libertarians just like vote Libertarian over the other options, like regardless? Oh. Or if someone pops up on the ticket that you really don't like? It depends. So like what we need with the big races that we know we can't win is somebody who is really good at promoting Libertarian ideas and is likable. Both? Uh, I know it's it's basically an impossible ask yeah. um, because like presidency, obviously we're not going to win the presidency, but if we can use that platform to promote the ideas of, of libertarianism and say exactly why we're there and what sociopolitical education and change and just cultural shift. And yes. Then, then we need somebody who can do that in a very well-spoken way. Whereas someone who knows what Aleppo is. <laughs> Where, whereas how many people when you say Kerry Johnson they're like Aleppo you know what I mean like it's just so game, un like, it's unfortunate though because he the media really railed him on that like, they railed him on that and it wasn't even fair the way the reporter asked the question they were on a completely different topic they were no and I then in it. the middle of the interview she just go like in the middle of talking about a completely different subject she yeah. goes like what are your thoughts on Aleppo and he's I like, know it was ah! it was left field and then they they really they would not let up on that particular point and i think they used it as like the the nail in the coffin type i agree grumpy spike can spike cohen can do both i was dying for spike cohen to run for president this year mm -hmm. um i'm very disappointed that he's not um especially once dave smith said that he wasn't running um then it was i i still don't know who i'm gonna be voting for at our <laughs> convention in may um, I'm not, I'm not convinced by anybody who's, who's on the, on the ballot at this point. I have some front runners, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, Hannah says, dang, if only we knew a well-spoken, likable, solid libertarian podcast host who said he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Smith. Ah, okay. Um, oh, and he's back. Steven, you got hey. your networking. Did you, uh, find the feds that, that cut your power, cut your internet? Yeah. Yeah. Were they out in the yard skulking about? <laughs> they had the like the cable man onesie jumpsuit thing on out there with the van parked out in the driveway. Like. Well, when I was coming home from work today, I, I saw Comcast parked out at the road and I went, oh, shit, my internet's going out tonight. <laughs> you did That's not the say <laughs> There it is. <laughs> they owe me five bucks. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, it's time for our brand new segment. I am not fucking drunk. My teeth are blue. Every pretty girl deserves to go to a ball. This is everything about it's a clam. I love it. I gotta be honest with you. I feel like I'm a little bit too drunk to stand up. On the feet of the asshole. I'm drunk right now. <laughs> that last one gets me every time. Is that from like what's that's that from movie? Flight? 
Flight, that's the name of the yeah. yeah. I was like, it's pilot or plane or flight or something. Like, like, it's actually <laughs> All right, so this is our brand new segment, Drunkard of the Week. You can submit your nominations each week to Peaceful Sea Prod on Twitter. Um, soon it will be Liberty Libations on Twitter. Um, we are getting that handle. I'm going to set up the, the Twitter account in, within the next week or two. Um, so then we'll start start building that. Um, but yeah, we'll start the, building the, it. The qualifications are basically somebody in the public eye who does or says something that could only be explained if they were drunk and or makes it better if they were drunk. Um, you wish they were drunk. Yeah, you wish they were drunk when they said this. So um, this week I have chosen Stephen's nomination, which is a Nancy Pelosi interview um, that I cut together some of her stupidest moments um <laughs> some, so some great music so the whole people, interview some people vomiting in the background so um enjoy this we've, uh, got, a, we've got to drink it to know what's in it <laughs> there we go enjoy this two and a half minute clip of nancy pelosi um doing her thing fascination of alexei lavani is a terrible thing to happen, especially a calculated assassination timed to coincide with a Munich security conference. I don't think there's any doubt that the time yeah, was calculated that way. <laughs> think of the children. He doesn't think of the children, not the children of Russia. Oh, you what do you think the United States now needs to do? We think we should continue to do what we're doing to enthusiastically support the people of Ukraine. I don't think that Nancy Pelosi can enthusiastically do anything. Their, um, <laughs> just determination to save their democracy, and in doing so, they're saving everyone's, including ours. Including ours. Putin's still around. Russia will still have to be dealt with, and uh, so we have to be prepared. You're a master tactician of Congress. <laughs> if you lose land, you can you get it back, but when people die, you can't get them back. There, there are those in the Congress, sad to say, who have been supportive of Putin because That's he who shall remain nameless has been supportive of Putin. There we go. Trump is Voldemort now. Mental health, your political viability. He's, a, he's really grotesque, and it's really a shame. And I never could talk politics when I go overseas because um, that's just the way we have always we've been very bipartisan when we go overseas. We may have our differences, and we criticize the president at home. <laughs> and that, I might hesitation to do that. But uh, the, uh, he has ventured into a, the global scene by his chumminess with Putin, his uh, practically giving a green light to the Republicans in Congress to hold up uh, this funding for the war of, uh, so that we can have a victory sooner. You see, voting on bills on is a threat side. to democracy. So <laughs> it is, uh, it's no use talking to him because he is just in a world of his own, a puppeteer, who's not only being a puppeteer, but shining the light on the strings of the of his puppets who are the House Republicans. I'm not as thick as you drunk I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
So our drunker wow. of the week this week is Nancy Pelosi. It was only a matter of time, and she was our technically first politician who was the drunkard of the week. Just talking utter nonsense for a literal 25-minute interview. It was, Stephen, I, I, I barely got through two. Me, but I hate that you said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was way too long to come through that thing. Well, and, and it was with Sky News, too. Sky News is so critical of Biden the Pelosi and yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's the Australian OAN basically. I mean, what what's hilarious <laughs> yeah. is that she in the middle of that she says, "I don't talk politics when overseas." While she's talking to an overseas reporter about <laughs> politics, I didn't even think of that. Like, what are you talking I, about? <laughs> I was even just in general going to say, like, what as a politician were you sent overseas to do? Then, like, what are we paying you for? Like. 100% man Fuck. it makes no daggum sense like half the things she said I don't understand what she was trying to say about the puppet and the strings at the end she I yeah shine a light on the strings. you got the puppets and then you've got the light on the puppets and then you've got the puppets on the strings and the light on the strings there's there's yeah. really a lot going on in her mind yeah, there's lots of factors. Yeah, so I was listening to Metallica the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that was our drunkard of the week, Miss Nancy Pelosi. Um, sorry, Alden. Um, there you no, go. No. That's a better one. How about that? Liberty. Oh, Island. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. So it's not covering half of your hair that you have, and you know, I don't. Right. I'm very jealous of. Um, oh, you don't want my hair. I, I would. I mean, it wouldn't be bad to have some hair. But I want your every time beard, every so. time someone listens to the Rexham Texan Jake grows one hair. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, all right, y'all. Our next topic of conversation will be victims of the victims of mass murder. Um, so yesterday was the remembrance day for the ATF members who who died during their mass murder campaign on um, the Davidian compound in Waco. Um, they say, today we remember and honor the lives and service of ATF special agents, these people who were killed 31 years ago while attempting to execute warrants at the Branch Davidian compound. Um, Angela McArdle retweeted, quote tweeted and said, today we remember all of the innocent women and children you murdered and we call for the abolition of your un unconstitutional bloodthirsty agency. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and let's not mince words here. This is the largest school mass shooting in American history. Ooh. And mm. it was instituted by our government. Ooh, that is a good way to put that. Is this, oh, I didn't even realize the day, but this is why Stephen's tagline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Makes more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. For those who I survived it from over here in Georgia, but I am a survivor. Yeah. Stephen right. is a Waco survivor, is his yeah. tagline. Um, it makes sense. Alden is double fisting, which is not surprising whatsoever. And Zane yeah. is uh, Placey underscore Z. Right. Very, very basic. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> but I very can... informative. More, more informative than Waco survivor or double. <laughs> <laughs> I survived 9 11. They're like, oh, you were there? And it's like, no, 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 I was, I was in Florida, but I'm still here. You know, I still <laughs> there you go. So the ATF has dedicated an entire page of their website to remembering Waco. Um, if you go through this whole thing, it's just utterly idiotic. The things that they're proud of and the things that they hold sacred um, about that. They, they have their whole fallen agents category. 
um, as if those people hadn't murdered women and children at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you go over to where was it? Here we go. Um, the conversation. This this was written like six years ago. There aren't too many people still writing about this, so it was hard to find a would good. Would you would you make a like a memorial for someone if someone picked a fight on the street with Mike Tyson? They were the asshole. They instigated Mike Tyson, and then he beat the life out of him. Would you go remember this person? You know what I mean? Like that's weird. Anyway, that did, that did happen one time. It was like five years ago. He was it was on an airplane. There was a guy like harassing him the entire way from like New York to L.A. Wait, really? Taking the back of his seat. Yeah, something like that. And then finally, yeah. like, he just gets up and just knocks the dude out. And everyone just applauds. Yeah, right. Was, yeah. I think he was kicking his seat and yelling at him the whole time. Yeah. I don't know about this. That's crazy. That's that would be the last person I would bother. But he says, oh, that kind of fisting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, th I thought this was a pretty good article. Um, the deaths of the 76 Branch Davidians in April 1993 could have been avoided. So why didn't anyone care? Um, you can go read this. This Again, this was posted six years ago. Not too many people are still writing about this, especially not um, articles that uh, get a lot of traffic. Um, so go check this out on the conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, what is it now? 93, so 31 years, 31 years since uh, 80. How many? 76 yeah, 76 Branch Davidians, including many, many, many women and children, were murdered by the ATF down in Waco, Texas. And uh, no justice for any of them. A lot of them burned alive. A lot of the children burned alive. Um, and nothing. And the narrative is that the ATF are the heroes. Yes, the narrative is that so. they were all bad. Um, yes, there were some weird things that they believed in that compound. But sure. the children had nothing to do with it. The women had nothing to do with it. But the ATF no. still blasted in, burned the place down, and killed all the people with it. So, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a perfect example. I mean, a horrific example of what government can do to its own citizens. Um, and why we need a license to speak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To speak. And it's, you know, some of this stuff is being selectively enforced, too. Uh, you know, because... I remember, you know, 10, 12 years ago, you know, hearing stories about there's there's Al Qaeda training camps in North Georgia. You know, okay, well, why didn't the ATF go burn that place down? Why can't I watch that on TV right now? There we mm -hmm. go. Yes, because you know? the CIA funded them. You know? uh, sure, exactly. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, in, yeah. in uh, Putnam County, uh, so what is that like Eatonton, Milledgeville area? There's there's a group called the Nawabians. Uh, you know, it was like a the what. <laughs> like a black Muslim breakaway civilization that, you know, they, they were trying to do their own thing, have their own little commune and uh, turned out to be a pedophile ring. And so like oh. all the leadership is in oh. prison now. And, uh, but none, like, of the, none of them got murdered though. No, they're still like, you can go there. Like they still have armed guards that'll let you in, let you drive around the place in Wakanda or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Nawabians. We're, we're yeah. still going to get canceled. <laughs> Uh, Wait, you're 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 saying that we haven't been already? <laughs> no, actually, you're probably right. We've definitely been shadow banned repeatedly over and over. Yeah, again. oh yeah. But uh, canceled. Um, I don't think we're big enough to actually be canceled yet. Um, we'll get there as soon as we get big enough. We will be. They'll, they'll let us. Get I mean, I. Point. Yeah. I guess I'm still employed, so I've got that going for me. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I made um, what, Brian, a half a penny the other day. 
Brian says, as much fun as talking about mass murder committed by criminal organizations is crossover day is still going on. So I'm going to need to head out if I'm going to sleep at all tonight. Is that like senior crossdress day or something? Um, tell us what crossover so, day is. Anyone who knows. Uh, so Brian is um, our uh, vice chair and political director, well, policy director for the Georgia Libertarian Party, which means that it is his job uh, and thankfully not my job to monitor all of the bills that are introduced during the legislative session. Uh, and crossover day is each bill has to be passed by one chamber by that day or else it it will no longer be considered. So, you know, a bill has to pass both chambers, but it has to at least pass one of them by this day called crossover day. So there's been a lot happening. He's been very busy. We should all be extremely thankful to him for all the great work that he's doing. Oh, absolutely. Cheers, yeah. Brian. Cheers, yeah, so much. Cheers, cheers, buddy. I didn't know I should be grateful, but I am grateful. Yeah, no, Brian <laughs> does a lot of freaking hard work. If you, uh, if you want to track what he does, you can sign up for the Liberty watch. Um, which is uh, email blast that he puts out. Uh, you can go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more about that. It is chock full of legislation that could, might or might not pass, um, but that will definitely affect you if it does, if you're in the state of Georgia. Um, so I highly recommend signing up for that email campaign because it's uh, extremely detailed and, and very pertinent to, to us Georgians. Oh, he's doing great. Yeah, he's doing the work of like three men. It's amazing. What it, the, the, just the volume he's putting out. Courtney says uh, she's tuning in from Catoosa County. I just interviewed a guy from Catoosa County, um, Joe King, for the Free Georgia podcast. That'll come out in a couple weeks. You have to be joking. What? Do you know Joe King? No, I just. <laughs> that's why I said you have to be joking. Of... Joking. Joking. Oh, wait, I missed it. Oh, God. Alden is no longer the worst <laughs> in the history of Liberty Libation. <laughs> Even the Fed. That's, um, I mean, oh, but real, yet, so real quick uh, uh, about the bills. I did want to point out that there are a few, you know, in, encouraging bills that still aren't completely dead. So I was talking to Brian a couple of days ago. It does look like we're going to get some amount of certificate of need reform. Uh, so that's really? good. Heck yeah. Yeah. The, for for those who aren't addicted to politics like we, we all are, certificate of need, what that essentially does is if you want to build a new hospital in a certain place, all of the hospitals that are currently there essentially have to approve of that and say, really? yeah, we need we need yeah. another hospital here. And of course, if you know anything about you know competition, yeah, yeah, generally businesses businesses don't like it when they have to deal with competitors. So when they when when businesses have the legal right to prevent them from having competition, that's generally what they're gonna do. But it, it looks like we're gonna so you you have that partially to blame for one of the many uh reasons why government makes healthcare yeah. uh super expensive. And then we're also gonna get uh, hopefully some occupational licensing reform. Brian said that it looks like there's going to be a bill uh, so that you no longer have to uh, be licensed to shampoo somebody's hair. Because, <laughs> you know, up until now, 
uh, all of our very benevolent politicians have been very concerned concerned about unlicensed shampooing that goes mm -hmm. on. Look, I don't uh, let anyone who doesn't have a license shampoo my hair. What hair? It's just, it's too important to me to make sure that that person is properly trained in the handling of my precious, precious hair. Yeah, because... You can't see it. It's it's all back here. No, um, we can't see it. <laughs> one little string of hair that goes down all the way. It, it's like <laughs> feet long now. It's almost as tall he as I am. He pays highly specialized people to shampoo his pubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are we going to like now? If you go to open a deli, the nearest three delis have to approve yeah. your business. Of, like what what Dude, it's, it's sense crazy. does this make? It's crazy. And it doesn't just apply to the full building. So if like one hospital wants to put in an MRI machine, but the nearest hospitals decide, no, that, that, we, that hospital doesn't need an MRI machine. They can't put one in. Oh my God. This and, is and, ludicrous. And people who and, serve on the boards of these hospitals are also politicians. Yeah, of course. It's oh, the, yeah. yeah. It's one of the See, most common revolving door things. And a lot of that can be handled with uh, just covenants and, and you know declarations when you uh, open the whole shopping center. So like you know, when Walmart moves in, you know, so Zaxby's likes to follow Walmart. So when Zaxby's comes in, they tell Walmart, you know, since Walmart will own the whole property and then they just sell the little outlet lots mm -hmm. to all the extra shops that pop in there. You know, Zaxby's will come in. Yeah, Zaxby's will come in and say, okay, I'm going to move in there, but I want you to block any other Chick-fil-A, any other entity, at, you know, in the area that's going to make more than 40% of the revenue from chicken. Wow. And <laughs> so, it's yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've read these deeds. That, that's that's literally in there. But like that's, the government's trying to do that, but like these people can already handle their own business like that. Like mm. let the businesses all get together and decide what they want in their own neighborhoods. If they're going to build the whole daggum neighborhood, otherwise it's not your property. You don't have a say over it. Cause we call that communism. I'm glad I just draw pictures for a living. I don't want to deal with all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be rich and that's fine. I I'm glad care. you draw pictures for a living too, Alden. That's yeah. it's, it's so much more helpful than anything any of these politicians do. Um, I mean, chicken's good though. Like, but other than that, no. True, chicken's great. Um, all right, y'all. It's that time of the night. It is trivia time. Let me uh, get fat rat utility. I'll be right back. <laughs> You'll be right back. It's freaking trivia time, you idiot. Welcome, <laughs> trivia, Allah. <laughs> well, we got to start now so that Alden doesn't get any daggum points. Yeah. Um, let's see. There we go. Libations trivia. For those who don't know, we do trivia every single week. It's three rounds. Um, we'll get to the rules here in a second because it seems like we've got a lot of newbies. Um, Hannah says, can we get some commotion in the chat for J Jake's birthday this week? No, we don't need to do that. I, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And ha happy late birthday to Shane Hazel. Happy late birthday to Shane Hazel, too. Absolutely. Um, libations trivia this week. It's This Day in History, Leap Day, and Tardigrades are the categories. The rules are three rounds, ten questions, one point each. Round two, five questions, two points each. Round three, three questions, three points each. Every question is a free-for-all. Audience, you are welcome to answer as well. Um, if you get it before our contestants get it, you get the points. And uh, audience is one... I think two times total 
Um, Zane can shut up about that. Uh, if you blurt out, I didn't even say anything that I, I, saw it, I saw it on your face, Zane. I saw it on your face. Um, if you blurt out an answer when it's not your turn, you lose a point. If a contestant answers, they cannot give another answer until all contestants have answered. The winner is no longer a loser. Um, 2024 <laughs> scoreboard Zane has four, audience Zach, Alden, and Nick all have one, and Steve is I should have said it earlier. <laughs> there we go. Hey, you can't be binary without ones and zeros. <laughs> Heads up. Round one is this day in history. Question number one. And uh, here we go. Actually, not here we go. Give me one second. <clears throat> there we go. All right. On this day in 1968, the Kerner Commission releases its report condemning racism as the primary cause of what? Steven. The Kent State shooting? Incorrect. Zane. Uh, I'll, uh, the assassination of MLK Jr. Incorrect. All of them. <laughs> I mean. This is, okay, so just so people know, this day in history means it was a leap day, which means. It barely happened. Oh. to choose from, which yeah. means all these questions are going to be way more difficult than usual. <laughs> I didn't. You said that i was like oh it must have been a hard day i didn't think it's only be, it's like 25 percent of the normal i'm gonna give a massive hint as soon as alden actually answers the question what what was the question racism is the cause of some of what of the according thing? to During the current report in 1968 yeah Kerner okay. commission released their report condemning racism as the primary cause of what people arson i don't know you know i'm gonna give it to you Detroit riots of 1967. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. Arson adjacent. Yeah. Question number two. On this day. The second leading cause was the Pistons being bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions suck to that year. On this day in 1916, a British armed merchant ship and a German raider ship engaged in battle. What was the result? <laughs> Alden. They both sunk. They both sank. <laughs> <laughs> bravo. The bravo. drunk answer worked, yeah. I love it. Um, sorry, let me... Uh, there to we be go. clear, I was guessing. I did not yeah, know that. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> it, was just, it was just the well, funniest possible outcome. <laughs> if it was Zane, we'd all assume he knew it, though. So. All right, question number three. On this day in 1704, Deerfield, Massachusetts... Massachusetts is raised <laughs> during what war? Zane. Queen Anne's War. Queen Anne's it War is, is that's right, dude. Wow. Oh, Zane. Good job. Good chocolate oh, covered cherries. What? Queen Anne. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Question number four. Did I give you the point? Yeah. On this day in 1940, Hattie McDaniel became the first black actress to win an Oscar. What movie was it for? Alden. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind is correct. Bravo. Question number five. On this day in 1992, voting began on a referendum for independence for which country? Steven. Yugoslavia. Incorrect. Alden. The other Slavia, Czechoslavia. <laughs> Incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> Zane, you got a guess? Uh, you get a hint after he gets Czechoslovakia. 
The Czech Republic. Incorrect. Um, the country still exists today. That's the... Uh, Isn't that most of them? Not not every country. I don't even know, actually. Like, how, yeah. What year Bosnia? was it? Bosnia and Herzegovina. How about that? Nice. Stephen coming in strong. There we go. On this day in 2004, tying the record set by Ben Hur and Titanic, what movie won 11 Oscars? Alton. <laughs> uh, the Lord of the Rings, specifically The Return of the King. Return of the King. I feel like The Fellowship of the Ring. Should have won more awards, but that's okay. Whatever. Return of the I, King I, followed the books closer than any other movie. I agree. I but I also agree with Alden. I think, but as a film, I think that it didn't because it was the first, and people, I don't know. There was something about it. They that, didn't know what to make of it. Yes, they didn't know what to make of it, and they didn't realize it was going to be as good as it was, and blah blah blah. It was. A, it was. Wicked a, Kinder was right behind you, man. Yeah. Nice. At the, yeah. at the time, it was like the the largest battle scene ever with yeah. horses. Yeah, it it also is the last time I gave a shit about the awards. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, pretty much yeah. for me too. On this day in 2012, the second tallest man-made structure was completed. In what city was it built? Zane. Taipei. Incorrect. Alden. Dubai. Incorrect. Stephen. Abu Dhabi. Incorrect. Zane. Koala Lumpur. No. It's a good guess, though. Alden? Steve. Did you say city or country? What city? Alden. Hong Kong? No. Damn it. So I said cities of, of buildings that had previously been the, the tallest, but now yeah. are no longer the tallest. I guess maybe... This is recent enough that when it was constructed, it was already not as tall as the Burj Khalifa. Uh, so this was the tallest. There was specifications. So this is still technically the tallest tower, but I don't know what the definition of a tower is. So it's the second tallest man-made structure. Alden? Is this Miami? No. They have a really tall radio tower or something. I don't know. Steven. Is it Bismarck? Is it what? Bismarck. Bismarck, North Dakota. No. Where did on earth did that come from? <laughs> they, they've got some cell phone towers that are like a half mile tall. Oh, you know what? I think I'm thinking it's the tallest point in Florida. I don't it think is it's in, like tallest in, it is in Southeastern Asia. Mm. Oh, oh, shit. oh um, Bangkok, Bangkok, no, that's a country. Whatever it is. What, Zane? Bangkok. Incorrect. Y'all get one more guess each. Alden. Fuck it. Fuck okay. <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That place in Thailand, right? Good Incorrect. answer. Incorrect. <laughs> you got a guess? Uh, I can't name a single city in Singapore right now. Um, That's what I was thinking that a joke? Singapore, but I don't know the cities at all yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm... Singapore, yeah. yeah. The capital city of Singapore, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> I think Singapore is the capital city of Singapore. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a city state. There you go, Singapore city then. <laughs> yeah, Wicked says just had to take the opportunity to stay Phuket. <laughs> 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 the answer is Tokyo. Oh, oh. 
Wait is... a minute. You said Southeast Asia. Japan yeah, is not because I was going to say I was going to say Tokyo and then you said Southeast Asia and I didn't Same. say it. Japan yeah. is not Southeast Asia. I agree. I'm actually... over me when I corrected myself when I said South or East Asia. You never said <laughs> that. You never that said that. I did say it. You never and said that. Quite... I did say it. I said East Asia. I'm not quite Y'all were all talking over me. Invested as same, but I similarly had the answer Tokyo and I was this it. close to saying Tokyo and yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually find it hilarious more. It's, I feel redeemed that just watching Zane get mad is is worth it though. But I also have the same problem. Question number eight. On this day in 1996, a Boeing 737 crashes, killing all 123 members on board. Where did this take place? Uh, I've Over. never watched this episode of Air Crash Investigation. Ground Zero. Incorrect. In 1996. I know. Steven. Oh, crap. 1996. That wasn't Lockerbie, Scotland. Um, Incorrect. Yeah. That's, your, that's your guess. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Zane? Southeast Asia. <laughs> AKA Tokyo. Yeah. Hey, Snowquack had the same guess as you, Steven. Yeah. Interesting. Alden? Ohio. No. <laughs> Steven, Zane, Steven, Zane. Give me a hint. No, I has everybody guessed once? Try yeah. 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 Okay. The hint is South America. Zane. Brazil. It covers a lot of land. Yeah, I, I need a little more specificity than the Amazon rainforest. In, incorrect, Stephen. Rio de Janeiro. That's I mean incorrect, Alden. Oh no. <laughs> um, I don't know anywhere else. It, the, you got to oh, answer. Man. Go oh, oh wait, wait, Buenos Aires. Incorrect. Um, I'm not looking for a Brazil. city. Oh. Oh, more a country, Stephen. Wait a minute, uh, Patagonia. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> it's the Andes. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, I'm pretty sure the Andes are not in Brazil. They're in so the fact that you were hemming and hawing, the fact that you were hemming and hawing when I said Brazil, and you were like trying to figure out if that was an acceptable answer i wasn't trying to figure out if it was an acceptable answer i was trying to figure out whether or not to say i'm accepting countries or not at that point uh, in time. Uh, <laughs> i knew because i, I definitely threw me off yeah. are. <laughs> i bit on that too much that's all right that's on me all right on this day in 1792 <laughs> giochino rossini is born for what is he known <laughs> Zane. Uh, he was like a composer. Holy mother wow. of mercy. I didn't know that. Wow. I'm sure That's I put the name, but bravo. Even if you didn't know, it would have been a good guess. But... Wow. I mean, back then you were either a, a, a politician, a haberdasher, you were either, or a composer. You were either, if you weren't a black founding father, you were a composer. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he was a composer of the William Tell Overture. If that means anything to you. I dig it. All right. Final question. One. On this day in 1908, Sheriff Pat Garrett dies. What famous outlaw did he hunt down and kill? Zane. 
Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Damn. Is Bravo, Zane. Nice, man. After round one, Alden has four, Zane has three, Steven has two, audience has zero. Although, audience, you've come right behind everybody um, a couple times already. You've come on our behinds. You <laughs> right I regretted on. my phrasing as soon as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also, before we move on from this day in history, Go. happy birthday to Carol Paul. Carol uh, who? Paul. Yeah, Ron Paul's wife. Oh, oh. love it. Happy birthday, yeah. Carol Paul. How about yeah. that? All right, That's... round two is all about leap day, leap year, all that good stuff. Question number one. Before the adoption of the Gregorian calendar, which ancient Roman calendar system introduced the concept of leap years? That was Zane. The Julian calendar. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Zane takes the lead. <laughs> Curse my slow hand. I bet you said it a lot, don't you, Alden? Um, <laughs> no, I, I like it. <laughs> when was the last time a leap second was added to the coordinated universal time? Zane, are you serious? Do you know this? 2016. Incorrect. Alden. 2012. Incorrect. Steven. 2020. Incorrect. All even numbers. <laughs> I'm also I'm I'm looking for I will accept a month and a year. I will not just accept a year. Oh, well then I I'm technically out. want a day. No, but... I'm just gonna drink and watch you guys. I'm out. That's <laughs> never gonna happen. Same. December 31st, 2023. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no one's ever gonna get this one. I'm just like it, it's January first, nineteen eighty nine. Incorrect, Stephen. Yeah. Final. We go with your... uh, September of nineteen twelve. In... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take a step because there there was a big commotion when uh, there was like Samoa and American Samoa, and it had to do with the drawing of the international date line, and one of the islands lost two days because they they voted to go on like the other side. Wow. And they like September twelfth did not happen that year for them. I vote we like start over and we do the prices right type thing of whoever's closest or whatever. Because <laughs> I'm never gonna get the day. Okay, okay. I'm down I'm down with closest. That just means a lot of math for me. All right, Zane, what is what is your guess? The leader Why do I have to go first? Because the leader goes first, okay. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, go by a month or something, so you have to do less math. December thirty December thirty first, twenty twenty two. Okay, Alden. Uh, I'll go Jesus' birthday, 2012. Okay. Okay, Stephen. Okay. All right, this is this is tough here. I'm going to have to go with... Uh, I'll go with July of 2008. Alden gets it. It is Woo! June 30th. 2015. Alden was three years off. And had no idea when this was. So, <laughs> But I knew I had the best chance to win this one. Is that like dead center of the calendar? Is that what that is? I don't know. I, I, I literally couldn't tell you. That was the weirdest question. Um, yeah. <laughs> How could you possibly think that was a good question? I didn't. I, I, I didn't. knew <laughs> when we have certain caliber earthquakes, 
if it's a subductive zone or whatever, if the Earth shrinks by a minuscule amount, then it spins faster, and then you actually change the time, you know, the rotation and the day length. Hmm. I have known nothing about calendars and when they decide <laughs> arbitrarily to make it, because there's no event surrounding it. It's just some yeah. asshole goes, yep, yeah, we're going to change it. Like, so it makes no sense to me. Yeah. All right. Question number three. What is the term for the calendar system that adds an extra week at the end of some years to synchronize the calendar year with the solar year? Alden. Oopsie. <laughs> Correct. I think it was Zane next. Is this like the loony solar calendar? No. Steven, you got a guess? Can you repeat the question? What is yeah. the term for the calendar system that adds an extra week at the end of some years to synchronize the calendar year with the solar year? Uh, solar calendar. I don't know. Incorrect. Yeah. Alden? Daylight saving time. Incorrect. <laughs> After Zane and Steven answer again, I'm going to give a big hint. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just give us a hint now. No, because Alden's answered <laughs> twice. He can't answer again. <laughs> just... uh, if I can open it back up to the floor, then I can do that. Just. Okay, it's open back up to the floor. Here we go. Uh, the hint is, do not think too much about this one. <laughs> Alden. We need more time, calendar. What? No. <laughs> Zane. You said don't think. The the extra week calendar. Oh, no. That's probably Steve, it. Stephen. <laughs> the 53rd week method. Incorrect, everyone. I hate you all. Leap week calendar. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I almost joked and said it first. I'm such an idiot. Man. I am shocked that no one jokingly said that because that's all that's the only reason I put that question in there. <laughs> all right. Idiot. Question number four. Which ancient civilization is known to have used a 13-month <laughs> calendar with occasional leap month to keep the calendar in sync with the solar year? I think it was Zane and then Alden. The Mayans. Incorrect, Alden. The Native Americans. Incorrect, Stephen. Aztecs. Incorrect. Ooh, I really thought somebody was going to get this. Zane. The Sumerians. Nope. Stephen. The Celts. No, Alden. Dogon. Wow, no. In time. Say the question again if you wouldn't. Mind. Yeah. Which ancient civilization is known to have used a 13-month lunar calendar with occasional leap months to keep the calendar in sync with the solar year? Alden. Egyptian? Ancient okay. Egyptians is oh, correct. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. I will also say there was a similar system in Native America. It was similar, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, yeah. but they did a, it was based on 13s. Yes. And there's an old calendar that's based on 13 months. Dude, and I the Native American yes. rule was the turtleback. Do you know about this? Yeah, and they're 13. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's 28 little rings around that. So that's the days. Yes, that's what it was. And every month was even and had 28 days. And so that's why I said that is because they had a similar system. Yeah, they did have a similar system. You're correct. All right. Arguably the hardest question of round two. <laughs> what is why are the, we here? What is the name of the event that occurs when a leap year is skipped to correct errors in the calendar? Alden. Skip leap year. 
<laughs> Incorrect, Zane. It's like an Uno so term. I didn't real monologue time. I didn't realize that this had a name, <laughs> but the exact way that it works in order for the adjustment to be exactly uh, equal to the uh, amount that needs to be corrected is that it's a leap day every four years, except every hundred years you don't the have centennial. one. Except unless it's every four hundred years, then you do have one. <laughs> that and that formulation is <laughs> uh, makes it on. makes it accurate. So we only would lose one day every like eight thousand years. So because that, I'll say like the, the century or something. I love your deduction. It is not the correct term at all just give it to him he knows what it is but he i mean he described exactly what it is i know give it to him I'm Stephen, gonna... are you okay with giving it to him uh, yeah yeah names are names are arbitrary a rose by any other there name it is is still a nerd, like... omission yes wow bisexual i didn't read it but i just heard in my ear jake say bisexual omission <laughs> <laughs> All right, after two rounds, Alden has eight, Zane has seven, Steven has two, audience has zero. Um, audience, you still, you know, came behind us a couple of times, so <laughs> keep going. Um, keep, keep coming, keep coming behind us. <laughs> All right, question number one of round three. What is the highest temperature a tardigrade has been known to endure, Alden? What's a tardigrade? <laughs> 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 I'll say 400 degrees. Okay, this is closest gets it for any numbered question. Steven. 411 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, uh, Alton. 396, I don't know, man. You! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to do some quick research real quick <laughs> just to make sure I'm correct. Um, we all guess within 15 degrees of yeah, each other. Yeah, it's very tight. Or something, I don't know what it is. That'll be our boy band, 15 degrees. <laughs> 15 degrees of separation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, Dad Gum. Dad Gum. So it is Alden who gets it. Woo! 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. So some have lapped seconds at 572 degrees Fahrenheit. But it can't sustain it? Correct. Okay. The 300 oh. degrees is the highest it's endured. And I can sustain living. 500 degrees for a few seconds, too. But so that's, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, shaky math. Yeah. Can you? Can you? Yeah, yeah. Two seconds. I'll be all right. I've seen you in the. I'm pretty sure I saw an article once that said that there was a tardigrade that managed to sustain at exactly 400 degrees. Oh wait, is so a tardigrade just that, out there. that weird alien uh, caterpillar-looking manatee creature? Is that yeah. the tardigrade? Oh, then okay, I actually do. Yeah, the, is it is it called a water bear too? A water, water bear, bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a joke, by the way. In case it wasn't funny. I'm so sorry that when, as you were talking, I just realized what a tardigrade was. And so, like, I didn't hear what you said at all. I'm so sorry. All right. Question number two. Tardigrades have a unique feeding structure called a stylet. What is the stylet used for? Oh, my gosh. That was a three-way freaking tie. Steven gets it first. Tie goes to the loser. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's used for eating. How? How is it used for eating, Stephen? Uh, it it uh, it liquefies its intake. I can't accept that one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or no, Zane is next. What? It, it it's like a straw. It's like when you curl up your tongue like this. <laughs> okay, Gary Johnson. <laughs> um, I need more description than just a straw. Creating how, how could how could I be any more descriptive? It's a it's a straw. Yeah. It, if I gave no, Alden, what's your guess? It creates suction, so it's actually a jet propulsion, like it pulls in from the outside. Oh my gosh! All, I mean, all three of y'all were technically right in some type of way. Um, I okay. Rephrasing the question: How does it in Give me the exact fashion that it ingests its food, Stephen. Undulation. Define undulation. <laughs> I don't it's, it's, uh, it's like it's, yeah, it's like an external peristalsis. So it uh, you know it kind of you're still using words and... that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it'll expand. And, you know, kind of like a snake eats something. You know, so it'll kind of you know. Okay, and no, force through right. muscularly. No, Zane. Okay. Amplitude modulation. I hate this so much. <laughs> Alden, you have to guess. Reverse osmosis. Okay. Um, so the answer is piercing plant and animal cells to suck out their interior. I don't know why. I so that like a straw. Yes. What I wanted was the piercing through cells. That's what I wanted. Like a mosquito. Because everyone said it sucks things like a straw. <laughs> no, I was the first one that said that. Stephen said he was the first. That was also Stephen correct. said that they use it to eat when that was in the question. Stephen said something about undulation. <laughs> yeah, that's Stephen, right. Yeah. Stephen gave it to nobody. Nobody gets this question correct. You guys, <laughs> we do suck. That's right. Final question. This is a closest gets it type situation. Okay. Tardigrades can withstand intense pressure. At what depth in the ocean have they been found to survive? Steven. Three miles. Okay. Zane. Two miles. Okay. Alden. Four miles. <laughs> it's four miles. Depths of yeah. over 20,000 feet mariana's trench y'all mariana's okay, so, dadgum trench can i just say the reason i said two miles was not that i didn't think that they were at the bottom of the ocean but because i didn't know the max depth of the ocean and thought that it was two miles no it's more than two miles do you have like a a c4 packet on your vest in that Image. I I was like, like, why a do I look like or a bomber? Yeah. Should we, should we play it again? What does he got? I don't know. I don't know. I look like a. He's clearly the bomb at trivia. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I look like, like a, uh, suicide bomber from Rogue One or something. Yeah, I, I think it's. it's I mean, I I, I picked that as like the Blade Runner type theme. Yeah. Um, but Star Wars works too. Looks uh, like Rogue One to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you only think that because we just were talking. We just were talking about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, you know what else we were just talking about? Is, what? Uh, displaying your toes, and now I'm looking into getting really wide toe box shoes. So. Yeah, you should. You should be. Everybody should get wide toe box I shoes. I have a pair I of have, I have toe spreaders. Me too. That's what Jake has, yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife hates them. Because like, yeah. you know, if I try to get in bed with my toe spreaders on, she's like, "Yeah, I, I can feel them. Get them off." <laughs> I, I knew oh, this no. was gonna be a under the sheets comment. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I, I put I, the toe alarm to work out. That's, that's that's what I do. But uh, all right, y'all. Um, we got another topic. This this topic would be uh, very pertinent to Miss Elizabeth Melton. Um, nope, not that one. There we go. Melt in my heart. Oh, we're still playing the dadgum music. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, it's been. We have, <laughs> have to do so many things that uh, some things get missed. I was going right. to do it, actually. Here's a little video. Sit back, relax, and be horrified. Brand new rental community in Tempe has all the amenities fitness center, dog park, outdoor kitchens, but something's missing. So there are no cars in this community at all. Isn't it great? Cul-de-sac is no. the first community in the U.S. designed and built specifically for car-free living. Co-founder yeah. Ryan Johnson says the demand is strong. Every generation, and including 90% of Gen Z, would like to pay more to live in a walkable neighborhood. Retail, restaurants, and to start yeah. nearly 200 hey, apartments all within steps of each other. No cars yeah. means no parking spaces, no garages. Because we don't have residential parking, it opens us up to have 55% landscape space. We get to add so much to the neighborhood. Like social spaces around the every corner. The complex is strategically located right next to the area's light rail system. All residents get a free pass. The first 200 also get a free electric e-bike. And a partnership with Lyft gets them discount rides. Residents often gather near the retail stores, which focus on small businesses. Jada Stratman is moving both her home sense business and herself in. It's not as like affordable out here as it was a few years ago, you know, and having that opportunity to, to live and work where you are and just have it as one. That's perfect. Walkable neighborhoods are all well and good when the weather's fine, but temperatures here in the summer can sit over 100 degrees for weeks at a time. And that'll be the real test. This brand new... You know how I knew this was going to suck is because the guy started with, isn't it great? And anytime someone says, isn't it great? It's going to suck. Like, yes. God. Okay. So um, can I just say real quick <clears throat> that there actually is a kernel of truth here, which is that if we didn't have all the zoning regulations that we currently do, because the government is terrible, it actually <laughs> would be easier to have more communities where you didn't have to drive literally everywhere to get anywhere because if you've got a city that's laid out where part of it's only zoned for residential and part of it's only zoned for business, anytime you're currently at your house and you want to get to a business, you have to drive. That's so a great point. A, lo a lot of the problem that people complain about and are saying that how great this community is because you don't have to have a car, there is that kernel of truth to it uh, because it would be convenient if you didn't always have to drive and I happen to live in an area that's pretty walkable and I'm glad that I can walk places and not have to drive literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. the, the, the problem is just that, you know, it's a, it's 
promoting something that could easily be a actually make your standard of living worse if you actually do want to get places that aren't served by public transit and now you also have no car and uh, standing around saying how great it is that you don't have a car only takes you so far until you want to get somewhere that you can't go like i i yeah. spent almost two years after i graduated from college with no car and the way I got around was, you know, on Marta, walking around or bumming rides off my friends. I literally and the reason bumming rides, yeah, that's. And the reason I eventually like uh, got a car was there were a bunch of places that I couldn't get to if I didn't have a car. Yep. So it's like, even, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, there, there. Uh, so, um, you know. Wait, where was sorry? I, your, I'm your, 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 your sorry. comedy genius just completely disrupted. <laughs> I'm sorry. But look, look, this is something that Elizabeth Melton has has based an entire campaign around is is these smart cities. These yeah. these, are, these are called 15 minute cities. They're already happening in Europe. Oxford is a is a town in the UK where it's already happening, and you. You can only drive a certain number of miles. You can't drive if once you get reach that certain number of miles, they shut your car off or they block you in or they barricade you. That's safe. Monitor, what is it just shut down on the highway? Like they they I think once you turn it off, you can't turn it back on or something like well, that. I, I don't know. Oxford like love the comma, but you added yeet <laughs> to the dictionary. So you know, you're getting what you deserve with this 15 minute city crap, Oxford. Agreed. Uh, I mean, look the Love the they're selling this as a way to live more conveniently. But what they're not telling you is the number of convenience and freedom. Yeah, the number words, of surveillance like. mechanisms and controls that yeah. they're going to be putting into place. They put in drones, they put in heat sensors, they put cameras everywhere. And so you cannot go anywhere without everyone knowing what your business is. You cannot go out with a you cannot go outside with a fever or a high temperature without the government knowing that you have a temperature. What if you um, had some bad chili the other day, you know, and you need to go get medicine for your farts? Like that's you wait, should be able to do that. Yeah. Tender says, Can you imagine the HOA in those places? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. Um these this is what they've been doing for a very long time, which is selling convenience yeah. as a virtue where it that's only rated higher than freedoms. freedoms. Yes, yeah. it only yeah. replaces freedom. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make you more free. It makes you. It makes things convenience far and freedoms. Longer. They don't have to be in a in a zero sum game kind of thing. Like we can have both. Like I, that's what I don't like about this is that we're pitched this like oh you have to do this or if you want this you have to sacrifice this and and I don't feel like that is true. Jake, there's something weird going on with your eye. I don't know if it's like a green screen thing, but like one of your eyes is freaking me out. Probably a green screen thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting that you brought up convenience as a selling point for this community because I look at it and say this is horribly inconvenient. Inconvenient, yeah. <laughs> when 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 I watch that video, I'm like, you are pitching people on decreasing their standard of living, which this is what leftists often do. They make you feel bad that you're a high standard is either racist or killing the planet right, and then that's both. how they try to cajole you in the accepting a lower standard of living the fact that now that 
the fact that if they get you to do that and then they get to surveil you a whole bunch on top of that yeah is um you know x like the the cherry on top it's a prison but it's like a nice prison you know yep yeah um, exactly yeah you know, highly yeah, go ahead, Stephen. So, you know, just from a from a capitalist standpoint, the one benefit that I see to this is that they have totally circumvented all of the ADA requirements for construction. Hmm. Right. Because like like with know, parking lots, you don't have cars, you don't have parking spaces, you don't yeah. have to accommodate a certain number of handicapped spaces. You don't have to have uh, your curb cuts and your your slopes on your sidewalks at a certain grade. Uh, you don't have to have, you know, a certain percentage from the building to the sidewalk to the face of the curb, uh, you know, to prevent, you know, grandma in the wheelchair from rolling out into the parking lot because there's not one. Uh, so, there, you know, all these things, you know, they do have an embedded added cost into construction. And, and it's stuff that, I mean, I've seen it absolutely shut down shopping centers from being opened because they had one fewer handicapped spaces than they needed. Oh, my God. Or, Jake, and, and I mean, they are they are dead serious about that two percent cross slope from the, you know, from the front of the building, from the entryway to the yeah. the face of the curb outside of there. It cannot be more than two percent. Um, hmm. You know, so they found their way around that in Tempe, Arizona. I mean, I know most of Arizona is in the desert. I don't know exactly about Tempe, um, but you know, if they've gotten away from those things, doing Arizona's that, desert or high desert, that's about uh, it. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if, if they've, if they've gotten away from the ADA requirements, cool, because that means uh, they've increased their profit margins uh, and they, and they found a way around government red tape. Yeah. But you traded that for like surveillance. I, well, I'm saying but that yeah. that's the only positive I can get from this. I got is you, that, I like, got you, you know, yeah. the, these guys made a good business move. They cut their construction costs. Right. Yeah. I would actually, you know what I would love to know? Is if on the outskirt of this development, if there's a big parking garage <laughs> for all the cars of the people that realize that, yeah. you know what? I still could use a car. Yeah. This is a business opportunity for us. Yes, we need to go build a parking garage right outside this city. Find dystopian cars. Exorbitant amounts. <laughs> well, so like here in Atlanta, like you know, I've I've had an Airbnb at Atlantic Station before, uh, you know, mainly because they were doing the beer, bourbon, and barbecue festival there. Oh, that's such uh, a good festival. Yeah, because they, they did it like on Valentine's Day weekend a few years ago. Mary took me to that. It was fantastic. Wait, hold up. When and uh, where and why is this? I want to go. <laughs> Dude, yeah, exactly. oh good. It's, it's so once good. a year, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it was in Atlantic Station, so that you know, it was just convenient to have the. The Airbnb apartment in that place, and that was everything we needed. You know, like I walked to Target, I walked to the bar, I walked to the restaurant, I walked to yeah. the festival, and it was all within like five minutes. And it was really right. convenient. And you but at the end, the day, you know, at the end of the weekend, I got in my car and left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't want to spend all night or the rest of the night on this. Um, if you want to learn more about smart cities and why they're going to destroy people's freedoms and how they're already running rampant through the United States. Cars are bad, I mean, you um, Go to Libertarian Party of Georgia's YouTube channel um, and you can find an uh, amazing presentation that uh, Elizabeth Melton put together. You can also see a couple speeches about it. Um, and she's putting together a documentary at the moment as well. So um, lots of good things coming out about smart cities. And I've put together a simple catchphrase to avoid these kind of scenarios too. Uh, my friends know it. My wife cringes every time I say it, but... <laughs> If I can't park, I must embark. 
<laughs> Courtney says uh, it sounds like city living without parking tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, um, Elizabeth's documentary should definitely include this clip of the show where we're talking about it. <laughs> We've talked about it many said, times, so we definitely should. When Zane said he like got through, you know, like was it college or whatever with like without a car. It reminded all me. college and like a year and a half after I graduated. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I am experienced in the no car lifestyle, which right. is why people should take me seriously when I point out all of its shortcomings. But I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I've got friends from California, you know, from like you know San Francisco to Berkeley, and they're like, California is actually affordable. You know, uh, you know, all I had to do was get rid of my car and just take a couple of trips <laughs> everywhere, and I could afford everything. And what so live in a tent? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like they still had their you know one bedroom studio apartment. Oh, right, okay. for three grand a month, four grand a month, you know. Oh, I think there are a lot of them living in tents. Yeah, but it was like yeah. all I had to do is get rid of my car, and now I have enough money to ride the bus everywhere. <laughs> Great, I <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Two things to say on that. The one was just going back to I was going to ask Jake, do you remember how? So I was one of me and Lauren were like the only people in our group that like had a car. Yeah, I had a motorcycle. In, so you had a motorcycle, but you can't whatever. drive anyway. You have the right. perfect excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I drove so many people so many places in college yeah. because I had a car. So basically, it's like if you don't have a car, you end up just like what they said, bumming a ride, which is like, you still are using a car. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't not say that the, the value of the car is still there in some capacity. Yeah. Anyway. No, my, my cousin was, uh, is, a, is a hunting guide. In, or was a hunting guide in Ohio. And he, one of his most hilarious clients would come in and they were the Amish and they couldn't drive the big trucks through the wilderness, but right. they could ride in the trucks with there you go. for See? unknown reason yeah. and use all of their electricity and their new machinery. But as long as they weren't actually physically using it, right. they could ride along. It was, it's so bizarre, man. It makes it right, right, right. It's like a mob um, boss. It's like, I didn't pull the trigger. Exactly. You know, I wasn't talking about the uh, newest victory for defend the guard. Defend the guard has just passed the Senate and state affairs committee in Ohio in Idaho. The vote was eight to one in favor and it'll now move forward. So in Idaho, the defend the guard act is pushing on through the okay. legislators. Um, fantastic news. I just wanted to uh, throw that in. We don't have to talk yeah, about that's it cool. very long just because we talk about defend the guard quite a bit on the show recently. No, that's that's good progress though. I like that. Heck yeah! No, we that those are those that's the kind of progress we need, and people need to be made aware of because yeah, it's encouraging. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel like we're doing anything or making any progress. No, I'm glad you brought that up for sure. That's gets good progress on the front. I like it. Yeah, because it just takes so long to do anything in government, so it's 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 good to get well. And, and progress Georgia is one of the states too. We have our own Georgia Defense Force uh, that answers directly to the governor, and they they have sworn an oath to the Georgia Constitution above not, the u.s constitution not the federal yeah, yeah. uh and, and uh you know apparently gbi back in the 80s had them flagged as a domestic terrorist operation oh yeah <laughs> clearly because yeah. i mean if, if, if the governor ever decided screw it uh you know he can activate the georgia I defense force and just secede yep you know he's already got his yeah. army mobilized yeah Ooh. i like that word <laughs> uh, it, yeah but um that's not the case that's that's not really what they're used for you know they're really more for you know like they assist gma with you know crisis operations and things like that but um i mean ultimately 
that is one of those things that is kind of why it's there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not really like in the founding charter, but that's, you know, if the, if the national guard were ever federalized like that, mm -hmm. we would have the Georgia defense force, um, uh, that would, they would be there before the local militias could really organize. Hmm. Interesting. Um, we've got, uh, another, I don't know, another couple things. Let's see. I think this is probably our last, our last clip. Maybe. I don't know. It depends on how long people can stay. But uh, here we go. I mean, I'm fine. This is, uh, I mean, yeah. Joining us now, professor of political science at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Tom Schaller, and journalist and opinion writer, Paul Waldman. Their new book, Out Tomorrow, is entitled White Rural Rage, The Threat to fast. American Democracy. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, why are white rural voters a threat to democracy at this point? You would think, as we pointed out, looking at Joe Biden's background and Donald Trump's, that that the opposite would be true. I mean, we oh lay God. out a fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show 30 polls and national studies to demonstrate this. We provide the receipts in chapter six. They're the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, and anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic no, sentiments. They don't Obama believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most that. likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative to peaceful public discourse. So you mentioned a lot of negative factors about, about this, this demographic. Um, joining. Wow. <laughs> Buck says, uh, Buck Johnson um, of uh, Counterflow says, give this a look and listen. These fellows are in for a rough few decades to come. One of the comments was, where do I find these people? Usually somebody has to take me on a few dates before they know me so well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the top comment was that this is like Roman senators complain about r rural Italian farmers that were supporting <laughs> Caesar. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous, man. They they made an entire book and they're taking it crazy seriously saying they cited all these studies First of all, you know that their definition of racism is not actually racism. You know What's their, their definition, definition of xenophobia isn't actually xenophobia. What's the definition of a conspiracy theorist? Correct. Yeah. Because half of these things, things that, that are true. On, exactly. Half the things yeah. that are saying, saying, saying the ATF agents were there at Waco to serve warrants is a conspiracy theory. There we go. Yeah. yeah. That's a conspiracy. Or someone that has questions about you know, the practices involved in, during the, uh, I don't want to get us more points, but the whole, you know, the thing with the thing that happened a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Some quack is right. Voting is a threat to democracy. I mean, hundred percent. It's uh yeah. Yeah. Courtney. Yeah. It, it was, it's crazy that books like this are being written and taken seriously. Um, at, at least by the left. I mean, I don't well, know. It's not crazy that the books are being written because you have these, uh, huge hordes of professors that have to justify their existence and do so by writing articles and books that you would hope that nobody reads. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say too, that like, as a, like, 
I don't even like the term conspiracy theorist, but like I fall under whatever someone they would call me that, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't necessarily self-identify as that. Like, I'm just always trying to just put things together and just like follow evidence chains and find the truth of things. But that's exactly what a conspiracy theorist would say. I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got me. But um, so now it's Zane's turn that he interrupted my train of thought or whatever. But so <laughs> I. I have never once been interested in fucking QAnon. Yeah. And I am, I have since a long time been very off the beaten path in terms of like where I, you know, get my information and like at least being open to multiple sources that have conflicting information and just following what makes the most sense. And if I'm a conspiracy theorist and one of their main points there was, they're linking conspiracy theory with QAnon. Like QAnon is the factor that is the tell-all like gauge for how much of a conspiracy theorist you are. And I'm zero fucking interested in QAnon. And I would say I'm a fucking 99 on conspiracy level, con you know, according to other factors that they might, you know, measure. Anyway, it's, so it doesn't even yeah, make the, any goddamn sense. The legacy, me the legacy media would have you believe that like your average conservative believes in QAnon yeah. when it's really just 10 people in their mom's basement on 4chan. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they're they're taking that too. population and being like, this is half the country that believes this. Yeah. I also well, no, it, was, it was actually uh was it was it the uh the Air Force intelligence guy that um the Moroccan kid, what was his name? Zachary Claywan. Uh it, it turns out he was actually putting out some of the cables at the beginning. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I never watched. Yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. The, did anybody watch that documentary on HBO or whatever? The I forget what it was. Into the Storm or something like that. Mm -mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I wanna. I need to check it out because. But what a rage! Like I can't wait to get that on a Black Friday special for less than five bucks. Dude. And merch. Like, merch it, it'd make an awesome coaster. That would make <laughs> the best coaster ever. I also feel like it, it, it's going to be some type of uh, handbook for how we can use white rage to bring down democracy, which is exactly <laughs> what we want to do anyway. There we go. So then we can make those guys a racist dog whistle. There. And that's going to be amazing. There we go. <laughs> I, I think uh, if this book gets really popular, we're definitely going to make some shirts um, that are that are mocking it. I'm very excited about that possibility. Um, okay. We're going to. Despite uh, all my rage, uh, you know. I'm just a white roller guy in a cage. We're gonna do one more. <laughs> we're gonna do one more piece of good news, despite um, all that rage. And uh, and then we'll move on to a couple funny things, and then that'll be the end of the night. No, well, just so y'all know, Ron Paul did go on Tucker Carlson. They will come out. Uh, I think on. I think tomorrow. Um, and then up next is uh, Jim Cramer. Oh God! Having his mind blown <laughs> by Bitcoin. There's underperformance, okay? It's depressing. I, I, I don't want to. What has Bitcoin ever done for mankind? Do you ever, are you ever Bitcoin on a Bitcoin phone? Watson, <laughs> here, I need you. I mean, what is it? Well, coming up, United <laughs> Healthcare <laughs> is uh, apparently in. <laughs> this is a this is a real old man yells at cloud moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks so so sad. So sad in that in that video. Um, so Bitcoin has been crushing it recently, and I wanted to show one of the best um, 
one of the best graphs that I've seen and the best explanations of, of what goes That's on. a map of Antarctica. Is that, is the map of Antarctica? No, this is um, a graph of Bitcoin over the years. Okay, and it's gonna. I've never seen a graph like this. Okay, well, it's gonna explain it. So it's if, the you, Mayan calendar. if you, oh my gosh! <laughs> Here we go. Uh, One of the most show. amazing graphics in Bitcoin. This guy, the Rational Root, I think, came up with this. You could see on the top right. But this is the four-year cycle, and you can actually see. Um, well, first of all, Wall Street is waking up to the curve of this line, right? They're they're learning. But if you really look on here, you can see the red dots are the bottoms. You can see the down here the bottoms, and we just had our bottom. This is our the last one we had here. And then the all-time highs are the dark blue over here. And you can see where we are right now. We're right between the ETF approval and the next halving, so we're right here. And and the halvings are the light blue dots, which are right here. So we're gonna our next halving is gonna be right here. So we pretty much know we're gonna go around the circle. And when we get over to this quadrant, new all-time high. It's this is one of the most amazing. No, sorry. I I I like Bitcoin as much as the next guy, but my uh, finance brain is immediately saying that technical analysis like this, regardless of what kind of asset you're looking at, is almost always complete BS. And making charts that look like this, you know, it ride the spiral. It, be very careful before you be convinced by charts that look like this or any other chart that is, looks very fancy. But because you know, lots of assets. Like Bitcoin, obviously, I think will continue to go up in price. But you know, if, if if this guy is saying, "Well, we know in two years it'll reach an all-time high because you know of the having and the ETF and approval the and blah blah blah," the... if we if people really like sought that, and if this were a true pattern, the price would go up immediately. Because why would you wait? Why would you wait to buy in two years? Like if you knew that the price was gonna go be high in two years, people would just buy right now, which would cause the price to go up right now, and then the price would be high right now. So this is, you know, why I'm very skeptical of of, of people that can think that they can beat the market on, on any asset, because if you really had that information, then that information would be being priced into the asset price right now and we wouldn't need to wait two years to see it so that's you know who's again this, this isn't a critique of bitcoin this is a critique of dumb charts that people use to try to predict the future i want to talk to whoever is giving charts to the people in congress because they are able to beat the market every year and so they must be looking at some really good charts well they control the market or they talk to the people that control the markets. There we go. Or they have closed door meetings about COVID and then they sell all their hospitality stocks and then they issue a thing that destroys hospitality as a market and yeah. create a problem. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Via policy, whatever. There we yeah. go. There's another YouTube strike. I'm sorry. All right, y'all. We have reached uh, the funny portion of our show. Um, there's only a few minutes left in the show. want to remind y'all that this show is now brought to you by Rabbit Eye Wine. Um, if you want some great wine in the state of Georgia, look up Rabbit Eye Wine. They ship 
to you know, they ship to thirty something states at this point. They're in they're in stores all over the state of Georgia. So look it up. It's phenomenal stuff. Um, highly recommend. Um, and uh, yeah, this one was a contender for drunkard of the week, um, but it didn't quite make it. So we're just going to watch it here. <laughs> the king and I also discussed the situation in Rafa. As I said yesterday, our military operation in Rafa, uh, the major military operation in Rafa. The king and I also. Whoa. Yeah. Whoops. Talking about Rafa, a major uh, military operation in Rafa. Our major military operation. No, wait, no, V. Major v, V, V. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just thought it was funny. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, Here are my picks for funniest videos of the week. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm easy. I feel like you should be watching. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who forced their dog to do that, but I mean. It's a, yeah, it's a patient dog. Yeah. Um, so this is a throwback to anybody who uh, used to watch a lot of TV, a lot of football. Send us Terry Tate. Some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in paradigm oh, breaking. Yeah. Outside the box thinking. Hey, buddy. Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard! That ain't new, baby! Hey, Janice! What's really impressed me is how Terry's become part of the Felcher family. He fits right in here. That's a low distance call, Doug. To be honest, I wish Reebok sent us ten Terry Tates. When we asked Reebok to send us Terry Tate, some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in. <laughs> he's also the one in the later commercials, right? Where he's uh, he's in the deli. He's like, "Woo! I'm gonna get some cold cuts today." Oh, cold cuts! You remember that one? Yes. Yeah. A, so good. Um, all right, this is a one in a million thing that happened right here. That's just so funny. That's amazing. Um, for any uh, electricians or homeowners, um, this is uh, this is relevant. You need to plug something in the wall. I got you. 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 I got. I got you. God, I got you. Do you do you need a plug? Do you need to plug something in? I got you. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> do you need to plug something in? I got you. <laughs> oh, that is great. What is so many plugs? For? I think that's not a one. Second. Look at all of them. Look at all of them. Wow. What was here? <laughs> like 
it, like 50 million televisions? What was here? <laughs> Clark Griswold's <laughs> Christmas tree. Why, there's so many plugs. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You need to plug something in? I got you. That's the <laughs> most outlets I've ever seen. I need to see their breaker box. So bad. That's what I'm saying. If that because if they're like triple tapping one breaker for that room, that is bad news if you do oh, actually man. plug in a bunch of things in there. Yeah, that was wild. Um y'all, it's been great. Everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We love doing this show. Um, we love it when y'all participate, which happened all night tonight. Loved it. Um, enjoy. And yeah, we, we all enjoy coming on this and chatting about the current news, culture, and politics of the week. So um, to have a, an excuse to drink on a Thursday and be sad with you guys. It's, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anybody else? We got anything to promote before we go? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Get some. <laughs> I like, I like it. over your right shoulder right now, uh, Steve. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's my full semi-auto shotgun. Yes, it's, it, it, it's a six-round magazine goes in that thing. It is so awesome. Heck yes. Yeah. All right. Dickinson Arms. All right. Well, yeah. Dick in Sun? No, no, that's not good. That's a bad name. Well, that's a good a place as any to, to end it for tonight. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Tune in to Liber or, uh, Free Georgia Podcast every Monday night at 8 p.m. and more Liberty Libations every Thursday night at 8 p.m. here on, I don't know, whatever channel you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're on. Hopefully you're watching this on Liberty Libations channel on Rumble. On Four Dudes, One Cup. Yeah, yeah. Over there. Um, is that Tucker interview with Ron Paul tomorrow? Yes, I believe it is. I believe that gets released on. There we go. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace.